Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast for a special collaborative community episode. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name's Mitch and I'm your host. And as mentioned in the little intro there, bringing you a slightly different episode to the usual content today. And the person to thank for this episode is Joe Williams over at the Key Pass Collective, who um, put out loads of great content, um, particularly aimed at the Fantrax draft platform. But they also do uh, dip their toe over into our uh, FPL scoring too. The basis of this episode really was to show support for all the different content creators who are in the draft fantasy Premier League space currently. So what you'll be hearing in this episode are a number of different people giving you uh, some of their their picks for the later rounds of the draft. So these aren't your obvious guys that are going in the first few rounds. The aim was to try and come up with some people we think are probably underrated and ones that you should try and look to get in those mid and later rounds. So some of the people you'll be hearing from are Joe Williams and the rest of the crew over at the Key Pass Collective. You'll also be hearing from, and I'm predominantly using their Twitter tags here, Draft OG and uh, Andre Posada, who are soon to be forming a new draft podcast called OG and Fresco's Fantasy Hour, which I'm looking forward to listening to. Um, also hearing from the guys over at the Banter Boys podcast and Chuck Booth, who uh, I've read a number of articles from over the years, who's on the FPL 360 podcast, who also does a lot of standard FPL content. So sit back, take note of uh, everyone's social media handles and their podcasts so that you know where you can go and find them uh, afterwards. The aim is that uh, some of the other guys will put out the the same material on their podcast as well. So the Key Pass Collective have already released this audio. Um, but if you could go and listen to it on everyone else's, that would be great just to show your support. Make sure to follow them uh, on all their social medias as they list them out on the podcast and share far and wide. For regular listeners, just be sure to pay attention to the scoring system used throughout the episodes as a lot of these picks won't apply to the official draft FPL game. Um, but you can still kind of hear how they're rating them based on real world footballing goings on. So without further ado, here's all the picks. Hello everyone, Mitch here from the FBL Draft Up podcast, a podcast dedicated to the official FBL Draft game. So I've been asked to give my top three late round punts in the draft. I'm obviously coming at this from a standard scoring FBL perspective. Uh, I've ended up going for three midfielders. So let's get into the picks. My first one is Leandro Trossard. I feel this is quite a basic pick for post round three punts. Every man and his dog seems to rate Trossard pre-season but we've yet to see him really convert this into any meaningful returns for Brighton. And Brighton have been fairly quiet in the transfer market this year, which I think will actually be a good thing for them. They've got all the building blocks there already for a decent first 11, and I think some good results early doors could be enough to see them finally click up front. Brighton have a nice run of fixtures right up into October, and if they hit the ground running, I expect Trossard to be a big part of it. Now, I feel obliged in this context to pick a player from one of the newly promoted teams, and I'm fudging this slightly by picking a guy that we've already seen perform well in the Premier League, and that's Ishmael Assar for Watford. Got five goals and seven assists the last time Watford were in the Premier League, which is a bigger season than Trossard has ever had, and I'm backing him to beat that record this year. I don't expect Watford to survive in the Premier League this season, 
uh, especially based on, on the transfer activity they've done so far. But I still see Sars class shining through. There have been rumours about him potentially joining Liverpool. And while this would obviously be great for him, this would probably make him a less attractive fantasy asset for me and would make me want to look elsewhere. One benefit Watford have is they have an absolute shed load of strikers on the roster currently. So in there somewhere, they should be able to find someone that can link up well with him. My third pick is Deli Alli. Now, as a Spurs fan, the recent decline of Deli Alli has been really sad to see. 37 goals and 36 assists in his first three years in the Premier League, compared to just 13 goals and 12 assists in the last three seasons, with a substantial drop in his playing time. This season, I think, marks a crossroads for Delhi as realistically it's his last chance to prove his worth in this team. Not only is there a clean slate with a new manager, there's a dark cloud over the club at the moment with fans about as negative as I've seen them in a long time. And this is Spurs we're talking about. If anybody can emerge as a bit of a beacon of hope for us, it's Delhi. I think, who can have you know, a real meaningful impact with his usual flair, strength and aggression. Austere es facere, to dare is to do, draft Ellie if you dare. So those are my three picks. If you're playing the official FPL draft game this year, it'd be great to have you listening each week. As I said, the pod is the FPL Draft Hub podcast, and you must check out fbldrafthub.com, where my mate Taryn has been working very hard over the summer to get the site looking extremely sharp and packing in a shed load of features. You can see your draft table populated live while you draft, so you can see exactly how your rivals' teams are shaping up. You can look at average draft ranks from around the world. The global dashboard shows you how the world's waivers have gone that week and also show you where the top managers are looking. And your personal dashboard gives you a number of breakdowns to analyse your team's performance and help you get the edge in your draft leagues. The best thing of all is that you can get all of that completely free, so what's to stop you heading over? Also, give us a follow on Twitter at FPL Draft Hub and FPL Draft Hub Pod to keep up to date with all the latest goings on. What is happening, folks? This is Joe Williams from the Key Pass Collective podcast. As many of you know, or maybe do not know, we focus mainly on the default Fantrax scoring system, um, and we are the podcast from and brought to you by thedraftsociety.com. So, my task today, a couple of late-rounders. Well, after the third round, right? So, a couple of, of late-rounders, but I'm going to start with a man. I'm going to start with, with a man who, if I were to tell you in the eighth round, round you could get somebody who scored 76th overall last year of all players 76th overall in points per start one less one spot below than none other than Vladimir Sufal two spots below Andy Robertson above guys like Harry Maguire Tarkowski above guys like Eze Trossard Richarlison. I'm talking about Che Adams, and he's nailed in the 11. 9.6 points per start. 9.6. You cannot do much better than that. I'm not really going to say much more about this guy because legitimately, starting forward, lining up next to Danny Ings, 
they're going to create opportunities. Che Adams, I love him late. That is value. Okay, now we're going to talk a little bit more about a risk-reward guy that you can get even later than Mr. Adams that we previously discussed. This is Nathan Redmond. Okay, I know what you're saying. Nathan Redmond, he lost his spot last year, right? Well, yes and no. For, for chunks of the year, yes, he actually did. Um, the signing of Theo Walcott didn't help, certainly, with his playing time. Um, but he also was injured. And if you look at his stats from the, the end of the season last year, there were matches where he absolutely killed it. Um, we're talking, you know, 20-ish points plus um, per match. And so, yeah, he of course, he had his down matches too. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm trying to keep this positive, okay? Um, <laughs> so, Nathan Redmond, let me tell you about this guy. First of all, I came across a tweet today, and here's what it said. Dribbles into the opposition box last four seasons. It starts with Sterling, Zaha, Salah, Mane, Son, Hazard, Mares, Richarlison. Oh, and then guess who's next? Nathan Redmond. With 166 dribbles into the opposition box in the last four seasons. I know he's not as young as he used to be, but let me tell you a little bit more about this man. 8.7 points per start. Okay, that's pretty solid. Now, of those 8.7 points per start, 7.5 of them are ghost points. He has a ghost, an average ghost point per start of 7.5. And this number is astounding. If you've listened to the pod, you've heard me talk about GACS percentage. This is the percentage of a player's points that are accounted for by goals, assists, and clean sheets. Right? If you play in Fantrax default scoring, you want that number to be fairly low because you want your players to be picking you up peripheral stats, counting stats, ghost stats, right? Nathan Redmond, his score, ghost points account for 78%. He's only 22% dependent on clean sheets, goals, and assists. So I'm going to leave it there. And just tell you that Redmond, though he is a rotation risk, though he may not even start, <laughs> he is, um, in my opinion, gold. Very, very late in the draft. Thank you all for listening. Um, hit us up at KP underscore collective. And as always, keep spreading the love in the community. We love you guys. Take care. Hey guys, Jeannie here. You could follow me at Draft Genie if you don't already. Um, I'm a member of the Key Pass Collective with Ryan, Toddy, and Joe. Um, Joe has asked us to compile a list of some of our main targets after round three. I'm going to give two or three of them. Uh, my main one, it is featured in an article or two, is Andros Townsend. I'm looking for him around round seven to nine. He has been going around there. I would ideally like to get him around 10 or 11, but I think he's someone you got to reach for. There's every chance he starts the season on the right wing um, and gets a couple set pieces, especially if Rodriguez isn't really in the plans for uh, Rafa Benitez. And he's got a great cross, as we've seen at Crystal Palace. And if he's going to be whipping in balls to Calvert-Lewin, who's really good in the air, he could rack up some assists. 
I don't think he's going to go back to the fantasy darling that Townsend once was, but I do think he'll be a perfectly good midfielder for, and on his day, maybe against teams like Norwich and Watford, he could have the upside of a mid-two, even a mid-one, depending on how off, how his minutes are looking, uh, whether he's going 90 or 60. But he's one, I do think he'll lock down the right wing spot. I think it'll be um, the front three of him, Calvert-Lewin, and Richarlison. And I have heard rumors that Mateus Pereira is going to Everton. And if they decide to go like a 4-2-3-1 or something, which is what's been used in preseason, then I think Pereira will go to 10. Townsend on one side, Richarlison on the other side. And Calvert-Lewin in the middle, and that is a pretty good attack in my opinion. And he's probably the Everton attacker that you could get for the cheapest. They have a great opening schedule, so even if you don't want to keep him and you just want to get some draft capital and some trade value, he is perfectly the one um, to go for there. My second guy is Lucas Moura. He's had a great preseason. He's been playing on the right wing or left wing. I haven't really too followed too much, but Nuno has used him a lot. Him and Delhi have worked well together. Him, Delhi, and Son have linked up well. Um, whether or not Harry Kane returns, I don't think it'll affect his time too much since Gareth Bale is not back. I do think Mora will get some starts, especially at the beginning of the year. And where he's going in rounds like eight or nine, I'd much rather draft him for upside as opposed to the likes of Conte or Ndidi or Rice or Neves, very boring players with that you could stream their points. I'd much rather Lucas Mora and then worst case, I drop him and hope to pick up like a Basuma or Fred um, to do the job when I need it or, you know, bank on defenders here and there. The thing with Mura is he is very explosive. On his day, he could easily be a mid-one, get your hat-trick, or he could go and get you one point and then be hooked after, like, 60 minutes or, you know, something like that. Um, the signing of Brian Gill, I don't think it affects his minutes too much. I do think Gill is eased in. I also think Gill will rotate um, a little bit with Mura, but more so he'll get the cup games and stuff like that. Bergwijn is also in the picture, but I do think Mora has the edge on him. Um, Bergwijn's not really known for his goal-scoring ability, whereas Mora has goals in him, as we know in that Champions League semifinal. How Spurs attack would be with Harry Kane, I don't know, but Mora is a very direct player. When he gets the ball, he likes to run with it, so I do really like him as a mid-four, mid-five, similar in the range as Townsend. You know, which one I would go for first? Um, I am leaning Townsend just slightly, but it's very close. It's honestly a coin flip between those two for me. I'd also like to give a special honorable mention to two different players that I'm looking at um, in the later rounds. Those are... Callum Chambers also, uh, if he starts the season at right back, he could be a very good pick. Um, if he doesn't, then you instantly drop him and you move on. And Timothy Castagna is the last one. Apparently he's back and he's fit, um, which means he's going to be in preseason training very, very soon. Um, and Leicester open up against Wolves, West Ham, Norwich, and he's he could be a huge value pick. Um, he's had very good games. He's had very bad games. 
Let's see how Rodgers uses him this year, but I definitely like him as a defender three, especially if you're getting him after round 11. Um, that's it for me, guys. Hopefully, these are some players that you could look to target in your drafts, and best of luck. What is going on? It is me, Andres, or you should call me the Fresco, and my good friend. What's going on, guys? This is Draft IJ here. Oh man, man, this is this is this is our first recording, man. How do you feel? <laughs> first recording, it's not even on our own podcast. <laughs> it's all right, man. We we're getting all we're getting all the schematics ready, you know, the date and timing. So we're gonna excite you guys. Okay, so today we're gonna talk about uh, three signings, right? Or three players that are uh, uh, what's it called? Generally outside the first three rounds of each draft. Right. Okay. So, so these guys, you know, you're probably much not going to see them drafted in the first three rounds. Well, wait, knowing me, I probably would, but <laughs> <laughs> but okay, all right. So um, my first one, I uh, recommend uh, Yersin Mascara. He's the supposed called the ten times better version of Davinson Sanchez and Yerimina mixed together. He is uh, a very very tall uh, center back, basically almost a little mini version of Willie Bowley. So you will see a lot of aerials. Like Willie Bowley, a lot of tackles, and he's a specialist in long distance passes. For example, when he did his, he actually did his first assist like two uh, friendlies ago. So I'm actually really Not excited bad. about him. Um, so also, he can play the ball into those wingers that they've got. Yes, most definitely. That's going to be huge, especially for Adama Torre or uh, Tron- Troncao. So I'm definitely. Maybe looking- Troncao. Adama likes to pick up the ball deeper and run and carry it forward. Yeah. But. I reckon, and especially when uh, Nero's fit, you know. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> but um, most likely, so keep a lookout. Bully's injured, so I, I can Bully's see injured. him t- taking that spot. So pay close attention. <laughs> That's it. Well, where else would you reckon he get his points? Is it going to be just aerials? Like, is he would it be a threat from attacking set pieces as well? Um. Well, in Colombia, he wasn't really known as much scoring as much on the, on on his head, but. Now, since he's in the Premier League with, you know, more precise crosses and uh, attacking intent, I, I can see him score goals, honestly. You know, especially since he's such a, a tall uh, center back, almost six foot four, which is not that bad, yeah. you know, so. No, that's a lot. Yeah, so I definitely and, see uh, him in the attacking end for corners and uh, set pieces. Is he, like, is he pretty quick or what's his pace like? He's... He's a tad quicker than Sanchez. He's definitely quicker than Yerry Mina. He's a any well, better. Well, they're both fairly quick as well. They're not slow. No, no, no. He uh, he's very what's it called? Uh, what's that word? He's very he's very good with positional sense. But since okay. he's he's since he's young, he's a little bit raw. But as you know, as game goes on, he'll be more. Uh, he'll get that experience, you know. That's the only thing. Where are we looking at draft him? Is it late round or like you, you know, are the people going to be on him as well? Or you can probably bank on him being available. Honestly, I don't think people are even looking at him right now. That's that's what I like. (laughs) Because in most drafts, I haven't. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a little sleeper gem. A super gem. There you go. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. If I were to pick him up, I probably could get him maybe round fifteen, round sixteen. There you go. So if you got space in your, if you haven't if you got room in that defensive section like in your team, is a good one to go for. Most definitely. That's the game plan. 
All right, another player I want to bring up is another really super late pick. So someone you'd also probably find round 15, 16, not seeing him picked up in any draft, surprisingly. And uh, that's a guy Crystal Palace signed last year, Jean-Philippe Mateta. Mm, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, so you know what? Crystal Palace is always really boring. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you know what? That's really a good point. And now since um, AZ is injured right now, you know, maybe yeah, the, yeah, the coach can, you know, put uh, Mateta in, you know. Well, as he generally plays a central, is a central midfielder, so they're different positions. Mm-hmm. But it's more so, I think, with Benteke not having a preseason, uh, and they don't really have a whole bunch of centre forwards. It's it's them two. It's Mateta and Benteke. Mm-hmm. So he's already having a good preseason. So he you can expect him to start the first few games at least. And with Vieira as the coach, if you look at the signings and the way they're playing in preseason, it's a much more progressive four-three-three as opposed to that defensive 4-3-3 or sometimes 4-4-2 that Hodgson played. You know, they've got um, your boy, I know you like Anderson, the full, signing from Fulham. Um, oh, yes. they'll, they'll be able to play a high, higher line this year. Right. And, you know, easy when he when he's back. Uh, I've got Conor Gallagher come in. I really like him, like in terms of a ball winner. He's showed himself to be, you know, a real talent at West Brom before Allardyce came in. Mm-hmm. So I think with Mateta, he's a lot better on the ball than Benteke. And he's still a big guy, so he can still win those aerials. I think I could really see Vieira preferring him over Benteke if they want to play you know, the ball on the feet a bit more uh, rather than just you know, getting it wide and crossing him in like, like they have been for a few seasons now. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think now with the new coach, with uh, different tactics, we can see a lot of changes, you know? And Mateta could be also a very sleeper agent too, you know. There's those kinds of players that you disrespect, you know. Yeah, like you're not no, you're not saying draft him early. Oh no, no, of course not. But he's definitely you, somebody yeah. that you can get like on the on like the 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 last few rounds, you know. Like if you have yeah, like, because they're they're yeah. value signings, you know. You, they don't work out. What big deal? You drop him, you pick some up on the way. Yeah, exactly, and you don't waste you don't waste the uh, fab, you know. In case you want to like yeah, uh, yeah, but more or less so. You'll save, you'll save yourself. It'll be great if he starts, you know, and he starts putting up yeah. those points, especially Benteke points. So yeah, exactly because if you if you, if you if you don't draft him and round one comes along, and he bangs in a goal, someone's picking him up, and after that, you might you know if he continues a good vein of form, then that's it. You know, you, you've lost your chance to get him. So you can use a round fifteen or sixteen uh, round pick on him. And, you know, it could uh, turn out to be really successful for you, especially with the forwards. You know, there's that drop-off in the mid-tier. There's a lot of forwards in the mid-tier. Um, and compared to what you might find later on, like a Meteta, the difference in, I reckon, value in upside is not so much. So that's that's one of mine that I would recommend to people. Okay. Most definitely then. So when I'm drafting, I'm going to pick them up before you do then. <laughs> and the funny thing is we're in, we're both we're in the draft. draft together, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. Andreas uh, messaging me, let me join the Oz Asia League. I'm like, dude, you're from New York. He's like, yeah, but I'm Colombian. <laughs> but you know I don't sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep, so you yeah, know. No, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the third one was uh Ricky P, right? 
Ricardo Pereira. Ricky P, yeah. Oh, I'm going to keep it short for you guys, just the three. And yeah, we both love Ricky P, Ricardo Pereira from Leicester. Honestly, man, Ricardo Pereira, if, if, he, he's had a season, you know. He had like a little short season last season. He played a couple of games. Yeah, Hasn't been the same. Major, major yeah, definitely, definitely. But I feel like, you know, now with the season pass that just went by, now I think this is a perfect opportunity to get yourself uh, pretty much a uh, Defender 1, Defender 2. Yeah, Defender 2. Uh, I don't, uh, he's not Defender 3. He's Defender 2. Defender 2 now, one. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Depending on his on his output numbers. But he might have some competition with uh, uh, Castagin. And, uh, I disagree with that. Oh. I don't think so, man. Castagna, when he, he used to play, he plays right and left back, right? Right. And you got you got James Justin, who is really good. He's I really like James Justin back. too. That's such a great. Yeah, everyone does. He's really good. And on the other side, you've got they bring in Bertrand. Okay. Mm, that's a good. So backup. that's like a, a, experience there, and he's playing most of the preseason. And at right back, Ricardo Pereira is playing most of the preseason. So, and you've got Castagna there. So you've got like five fullbacks. I can see one of the younger guys, Thomas or Justin, maybe going out on loan. Okay. And Castagna's had his injury problems too, and he's hasn't got enough game time. Um, I don't think on their day, like anyone's taking Ricardo Pereira's place. Okay. Now, do you think that? Uh... Leicester City might end up adopting a back three. Maybe with Ryan Bertrand as a center back, since, you know, Johnny Evans isn't back, we can actually see Ricardo Pereira playing as a, uh, as a wing back, which would be very interesting as points go up. It's possible. I mean, they've got the, those three forwards now. How are they going to fit him, fit him in? Mm. You know, Vardy, you, you think he's still a lock, right? Right. I know he's getting older, but he's, not, he's still their main guy. And Kelechi was on fire, based at the Lights end. Out. And and Daka is looks really good. Like there are a lot of teams in for him. Mm-hmm. How they're going to fit it all? You know, you don't need three strikers for one spot. So it could be that they're going to play it too. It's a good point. That's going to be a headache <laughs> picking all them strikers for one. Ay ay ay. But and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they fit them in. You know, that's a discussion for another day. But I don't definitely. know how they fit everyone in. Well, uh, Sumare, Harvey Barnes, Madison, Tillemans, and uh, well, Madison. I don't know. Madison might leave. I'm hearing. Where to? Uh, to Arsenal. To Arsenal. It's possible if he leaves. Is that still on? That it's looking like it's still on. I mean, I'm still hearing rumblings out there. They're trying to create a deal uh, that Arsenal gives up at least three players for one, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know why Arsenal uh, would do that. <laughs> I think let's just account it. We'll just take the money, thanks. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> But no, I'm definitely, I'm, I would definitely take Ricardo Pereira, man. Especially if you get him in the late rounds, that's a steal right there. That's a hundred percent steal. Season before last, he was bringing in like plus twenty numbers, uh, twenty points per game in some games. Like he was, it was him and Dinier and and then you know Trent pretty much. Right. Like if he can get back to that, I know players come don't always come back from big injuries, but if he can. And that's the whole point. You know, you're not drafting him in like round three or four. He's falling in most drafts to like round six, seven, eight. That's a steal, man. That's a Because he, he's on his day a top three round player. I'm surprised and no he, big team has picked him up prior to his, uh, to his injury. 
Yeah, prior to his injury, it was, oh, he's going to Man United or he's going to Chelsea. You know, everyone, he was the talk of the town. Man City, everyone was after him. And then he got in before the guy got injured. So, oh, definitely. Also, yeah, uh, definitely. Just to let you know, um, breaking news. <laughs> I know this is this is about the three players. But I'm just letting you know, Wesley Fofana broke her, his leg right now. So, what? yeah, just literally right now. <laughs> and that's a really good center no, that- back. That shuts down your back three idea. Yeah, so I would not. Uh, <laughs> um, I see more game time for uh, Ricardo now, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, no, oh, wow. that really sucks, man. I was actually ready to. That sucks, man. I had that was just now in preseason. Yeah, right now. Uh, they were playing against. Uh, let me see, Villarreal. Poor guy. The the South American team. I mean the Spain team. Sorry, South American. <laughs> Poor guy. But, um, but yeah, anyway, guys, so look, that's been like, I guess, three of our picks outside the traditional top three rounds. Um, thanks for Joe, Toddy, Jeannie, Ryan Barnes for having us on. Hope you guys enjoyed it and, and took something away from it. And, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Me and Fresco will have something coming soon on a pod. Yes. So, that's all I know, gotta say. Wait, wait for that fantasy hour. <laughs> 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 that's how, that's, that's how we do man that's how we do thanks a lot coming guys soon. coming soon thank you guys see ya what's up everyone this is ryan barnes you can find me on twitter at cnfc82 i am one fourth of the quartet that is the key pass collective podcast uh, we use fan tracks default scoring i'm going to walk you through a couple of my favorite post round three draft picks uh first up is rodrigo moreno forward from leeds uh, rodrigo was leeds united's record signing last summer uh coming in from valencia uh there was high expectations i think bielsa really liked his his versatility he's fast he can play as a winger or as a number nine uh can score can dribble really the the total package so he fits i think really well into that uh, bielsa system where you have almost everybody in the in the the front third uh attacking from from all angles uh but rodrigo did I must say, struggle in his first season in the Premier League, I think largely due to uh, some persistent injuries. Uh, As a result, he only started 14 times last season, but he did score well when he did start uh, at almost 10 points per start and over nine ghost points per 90. He also ended last season like a house on fire, scoring over 60 total points in the final four games of the season. Uh, So I expect the record signing to be a a regular starter this year and really build on that momentum after a full season in the Premier League and a full season under uh, Bielsa and his unique coaching style. Uh, He also had a a nice break in a full preseason this summer. He didn't play uh, for his country in in the Euros or the Olympics, so he should come in fresh. And again, I I expect him to, to crack on. He will also be a little bit more under the radar because Due to those injuries, his total points uh, were, were pretty bad. So he's going to be uh, lower down uh, the list in terms of total points and ADP. So he's excellent value, I think, around the, the seventh round. He'll be a, a top forward three if you can get him. So, uh, yeah, look out for, for Rodrigo. Uh, up next is my boy, Nelson Semedo, uh, defender from Wolves. Uh, he also had his first season in the Premier League last season. Uh, it was also a tough one. Uh, not only for him, but for, for Wolves in general. 
they really sputtered and, and, and failed to post uh, many clean sheets. But Semedo showed signs of uh, fantasy brilliance and uh, ended with a, a nice ghost points per 90 of, of close to eight. Uh, I expect new attacking manager Bruno Lodge to really reinvigorate this Wolf squad uh, and have Semedo bombing down the channels and, and pumping in crosses to Raul Jimenez, who is back from that horrific injury. And they really... Really missed him up front last season, uh, so it'll be good for Semedo to have uh, some proper forwards really putting in his um, his crosses and turning them into assists. So I think this this new attacking verve could leave the, the Wolves' defense a bit more exposed and maybe lead to uh, more goals conceded and a, and a lack of clean sheets. Also some, some preseason injuries to uh, Mosquera and, and Willie Boley also raised some concerns. So... There are some, you know, defensive uh, frailties potentially, but I do think the the ghost points and the probably increased attacking points uh, under this new manager will give him a good base and and he should be should be good to go. I think he's a, a really nice uh, defender three that should be available around the ninth round. So there you have it, Rodrigo Moreno, Nelson Semedo. Uh, keep an eye out for him and and happy drafting. Thanks. Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Ross and Ryan. How you doing, boys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to be back. Let's get this draft season going. Need to get another championship on my belt, bro. What up, what up? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, I don't know how often I will be around, but yo, let's get it going. All right, so Ross, let's remind listeners how they can find and share our beautiful podcast. Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at BantaB is our handle on Discord, our draft PL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. And on Reddit, you can message us at you forward slash Banta underscore boys. You can listen to us on Anchor, which you use it to distribute to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and more. And on we're on YouTube, all under the name of Banter Boys. So yeah, go check us out. Um, we're mainly on Twitter. Uh, you can come and engage with us um, on the Banter B account. And Ryan is, uh, what's your handle? At Juggles21, maybe? Definitely come engage with us. And so basically, what we just kind of want to mention is our top two picks after the third round of drafting, right? So Ryan, I'll let you get started. Sure, yo. Um, so this is an interesting question. And I think I kind of wanted to go one safe pick and one off-key pick. So my first pick is Pascal Gross. Um, you know, he's nailed for Brighton. He's on every single set piece, including pens. He had a pretty good season last year, posting about 320 points, on depending on what scoring system you're on. 2,500 minutes, so pretty nailed. Uh, he had 70 key passes. He got eight assists. But, you know, he's on penalties and, and Brighton didn't actually win that many penalties last year, I don't recall. So that can definitely go up this season. Um, I think Brighton on a whole kind of found their footing later on in the season. So I'm kind of keen on Gross and I don't think he's prone to the rotation that like Trossard is. And my second pick is Edison Cavani. So... I know a lot of managers have been leaving Cavani to go in like 5th round, 6th round, 7th round. Um, 
I think with Rashford agreeing to do the surgery and he's going to be out for at least two months, I think Cavani will be that focal point. I think um, when he came into United, he didn't have game time on his belt. So he had to get back up to match fitness. And then it looked like Ole was still managing him pretty closely in a busy season, right? So he was getting subbed off early or he was coming on as a super sub, scoring a goal off the bench. I think that changes at least for the start of this season or at least I'm hopeful it changes. So I think he can really hit the ground running early season. And if he scores a good few goals or gets like assists and stuff in the early season, you can then start looking to trade him for a quality pick that will probably be more long-term and do that before Rashford comes back and then they're like fighting for playing time, right? Now, that that really is league-dependent because if your league doesn't really give in to trades, then you might get put in a tough situation where you're locked in with Cavani, but I think he can do really well early on. Um, some of his stats from last season, so he only played 1,300 minutes, 1,350 minutes last season, scored 10 goals in those minutes, put in four assists, I believe. So solid output for the number of minutes, right? Uh... The weird thing is he only had 15 shots on target and managed to score 10 goals off of that. So that's a slight concern. But with Sancho now coming into the team and Bruno still there, there are more creative elements, I hope, that he can actually get a couple more shots off. But yeah, that's it for me. All right, Russ, you're up. Um, I'll go. I'll go. I'll do the same thing for a safe pick. Well, the second one's also kind of safe, but I'll go more dependable pick. Um, Ruben Neves, regardless of if he goes to United or if he stays at Wolves, I think he's a short starter, especially we saw it last year on like if you play with the extra stats on like ball recoveries and fouls won and fouls conceded. Those are just extra points. And I think it it made a difference about at least four to five like points almost each game, which is unreal. Um, I think one game he had like 20 ball recoveries and like it like that's that's basically four points right there. Yeah, no, five points right there. And all he needs like a couple extra key passes is to kind of get those things. And again, like I think regardless of what the new manager says or regardless if he goes to United, um, I think he's a short starter for United. Obviously, there will be a bit of like, well, like, you know, maybe it won't start immediately because we saw with what happened to Donny van der Beek. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to Ruben Neves because he's definitely a much proven talent in the Premier League for and especially for Wolves. The second pick, and I can't do this without doing representing one of my Liverpool boys, Virgil van Dijk. In preseason, he looks fire. Like he looks like he's ready to rip rip things up, especially pairing that to of Konate or Matip or even Joe Gomez, I think it'll be just like, you know, he wants to go back and after missing essentially a full season of the Premier League and missing the Euros, he has a point to prove. Hopefully they get the fitness things right. And that's the only reason why it's a bit more sus or it's a bit more kind of risky is that he's coming off of a big injury and a big surgery. And it takes a while to kind of get those rehab pieces in. But you know what? I trust the staff team and I trust him to kind of come out firing. He's all he might not start immediately. He might might take him a couple of games to kind of start in the prem, but he's supposed to play thirty minutes against Bologna and hopefully that just kind of keeps going to about 
for a first half or a full 90 minutes in preseason and then hopefully just kind of building up his fitness through that. So yeah, those are my two picks, Ruben Neves and Virgil van Dijk. And I'll wrap things up with my two picks, uh, two midfielders, Andrus Townsend and Lucas Moura. So Andrus Townsend is has been a new acquisition for Everton and I've been hearing really positive comments from their fans and just podcasts covering the preseason for Everton. It seems that he's got that work ethic that would work with Rafa's system. And I mean, Townsend is a proven Fantrax asset. He's got an amazing delivery on him. And with the likes of DCL in the box, there's a chance that he could rack up a lot of key passes or even, you know, a ton of assists. And we've seen Townsend score at least 300 points in previous seasons, right? We look back from 2016 to the 2019. Those three seasons, he got at least 350 Fantrax points. So if he can get consistent playing time with Richarlison still away at the Olympics, there's a chance that, you know what, you could start the season hot with Andros. And just like Ryan suggested, it could be a situation where you trade Townsend and get, you know, a higher value asset um, for to last you for the entire season. And now my second pick is Lucas Moura. So Lucas Moura has had a very interesting time at Spurs. I want to say that maybe some managers didn't give him his full chance. But again, you look at his previous seasons, he's come close to scoring at least, you know, around up to that 300 points mark as well. And based on, again, the comments of fans, Spurs fans and, you know, preseason notes, etc. It seems that Lucas Moura might be given a better chance under Nuno um, than his previous previous uh, managers and I mean you never know that Portuguese communication link could play in handy later down the road so yeah those are my two picks I hope the picks that we suggested will help you win your seasons uh, and you know what even if it doesn't hope you had fun just listening to us and again make sure that you can uh, contact us anytime on Twitter um, we're also on Instagram all the socials basically banter boys I'm sure you can find us out right And boys, any other closing remarks? Let's get the season started. Let's do it. All right, cool. Peace. Hey, it's Chuck Booth, and I'm here to talk to you about um, drafting targets after the third round. I hope that you're having a good week with the fact that the transfer window has turned everything upside down. But I'm going to give you a midfielder, forward, and a defender who I think is um, falling way too far um, considering the output that they're going to have on the year. Um, I'd like to start off with uh, the midfielder because there's been a great discussion about midfielder scarcities in the, over the course of... Um, looking at everything within Fantrax, and I feel like we have this discussion every year, but then also every year there's midfielders that are later at the end of drafts that are guys who you would want and um, who are realistically undervalued, and this guy is one of them, which is kind of surprising considering he played for, well, plays for the biggest surprise team of the year last year, and that is one, Stuart Dallas. Um, so he, da- Stuart Dallas is an, a very interesting player to me. Um, 
because I think that part of the reason of why he's being undervalued is frankly just because of the fact that people are only looking at his numbers as a defender and not considering what he did in midfield. Um, and with because with the signing of of um, Junior Furpo, Dallas is not going to spend really any time at left or right back this season. He's a full time attacking midfielder, and realistically, that's a good thing for all parties involved. Um, when it comes to fan tracks, I mean his key passes and actual expected goals are mostly about the same but what's going to be really important when you're taking into account Fantrax points is when Stuart Dallas is in midfield he takes almost double the shots um, per 90 minutes that he took while playing in defense and that makes sense because of the fact that he's bombing forward all the time so at left and right back Dallas took 0.83 shots per 90 that jumps to 1.62 um, when he's in midfield. And I think that number is going to go even higher with the quality of defenders that are now going to be getting him the ball with the signing of Junior Furpo. Realistically, I would probably look at picking Stuart Dallas around the sixth or seventh round um, just because I, while he may fall later, depending on who's, of who's in your league, at a certain point, just because of the fact that he does bear the lead's name, that will cause him to um, end up getting looked at. Moving on to the defender that I would like to talk about, this um, shouldn't be too surprising to anyone that knows me, and that is one Sergio Regulon. Um, he had one of the, um, most disappointing debuts in the Premier League, realistically, like, ever. But considering COVID, transitioning from the Liga to the Premier League, um, the Jose Mourinho effect, and just all things, um, involved with him coming into Tottenham, I don't think um, what he did last year is truly a fair assessment of what he can do. Um, like, his basically key passes per 90 were halved at Tottenham. Um, and I think when you're bringing in like a true fullback whisperer and Nuno Spirito Santo and also making Tottenham's defense so, so much better with also the signing of um, Christian Romero. I think it's just going to be a good time to have Regulon and realistically to invest in Spurs defenders overall. And that's even with the murkiness surrounding Harry Kane because at the end of the day, if the formation is good enough and it looks like a mixture of a 4-3-3 is going to be utilized this season, then Sun is a perfectly fine center forward 
Um, Spurs still have perfectly fine wingers. And I don't think this team is going to be as imbalanced or potentially sunk as um, people think it's going to be. Um, finally, for this, I have a forward, and that is one Mason Greenwood. Basically, to start the season, because of Marcus Rashford's injury, um, it's Mason Greenwood is going to start almost every game at least until Champions League play starts. Um, While he may struggle to get starts after that, I still think that he's going to get enough, and more importantly, I think that he's going to get enough starts as a starting number nine for Manchester United this season, as opposed to on the wing, to end up making holding him just for those starts more than worthwhile for anyone. I get that Edison Cavani is still on the team, but I have always and still do believe that Edison Cavani is basically a um, bridge to Mason Greenwood as the number nine, and that when Marcus Rashford is back, he'll take up his spot on the wing, Jaden Sancho will take up his spot on the opposite wing, and then um, Cavani and Greenwood will split time at the nine as a 60-40 situation in favor of Greenwood. Um, What this does for Anthony Martial, I don't know. Honestly, don't particularly care because I don't rate him this season. Um, But I do fully rate um, the nine situation of both Edison Cavani and Mason Greenwood, who are falling way too far in drafts. So there there you have it. Um, If you're able to, definitely add all of Mason Greenwood, Sergio Regulon, and Stuart Dallas to your team. Um, I, again, am Chuck Booth, and you can find my podcast at FPL underscore 360, where we use Fantrax default scoring while also talking a little bit of FPL, but still mostly Fantrax. And you can also find my writing at um, NBC Sports Edge. there you have everyone's picks as i said at the beginning please go and uh, follow everyone on social media and subscribe to their podcasts Um, they're all putting out great content throughout the season and whether or not you're using the same scoring system you know we're all watching the same sport and you can still take a lot from everyone's takes hopefully won't be the last time we do something like this so keep an eye out and as always stay shook